We individualize training in the pool. So why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Hey guys, I've been trialing some revolutionary new swim tech and now you can get your hands on it too. This is EO Swim Better, a swimming evolution in the palm of your hands. Improve your technique with EO Swim Better. Analyze your stroke technique with EO's Swim Better handset. Go to eolab.com, use code BRETT at checkout and save 10%. All right, here we are. Robin Dale Owen, how are you doing, my friend? Fine. I'm doing really fine, thank you. And how are you doing in the warm, sunny California? Yeah, I'm happy. It's uh, 2024, the beginning of a new cycle, new new Olympic year, my friend. So uh, everything is very exciting right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have like 25 degrees. I have minus two, minus five degrees, uh, clear sky, and the kids are ice skating outside. So it's... Uh, uh winter time here in norway yeah wow so when you say the kids are ice skating what, what does that mean how many kids have you got i got three kids uh two are 14 uh, trig alexander uh turning 13 mm. no no 12 uh, and uh lucky 29 so uh wow. a beautiful family so you named your son after your brother yeah, we did. Um, Alex died the 1st of May in 2012. And uh, I was supposed to be on training camp with Alex in Flagstaff. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of Becky, uh, my wife, uh, we were having Trygg. And he arrived the day uh, two days after Alex died. Wow. So uh, the day Alex died, we went to the hospital. And uh, we named him, named him Trygg, means safe, Alexander. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a lot to happen in a few days, eh? Yeah, it was, uh, it was too much. Uh, but um, yeah, Trygg is an amazing kid, and uh, he lives up to his uncle's name, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm here to talk about you and talk about your brother and his legacy and, and your history together. So... Take us back to the beginning. I mean, uh, two brothers. Uh, how did you get into swimming together? No, we were uh, actually, we live outside Bergen, west coast of Norway, mm -hmm. 60 minutes in a car. Uh, and uh, we did actually football when we were, we were like four, five, six years old. Mm. And uh, they're starting a swim club uh, and we joined it. And we trained here for... Uh, five, six years uh, before uh, starting high school. Mm. And uh, actually it's a, it's, a, it's a fun story because uh, my dad uh, 
picked up the phone and called all the swim clubs in Bergen um <laughs> if they could accept us as swimmers there mm. and uh, none of them wanted to have us because we were not fast enough in the early age um, so <laughs> but eventually we went to a, a small new club uh west coast swimmers amazing club uh we were actually five swimmers in the in melbourne 2007 the world championships wow in the same club so it was uh it was uh an amazing trip uh as a brothers and um yeah uh living together training together share everything together and uh it was uh, a journey, that's for sure. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, Alex is, is what five years younger, so he he was a, was he always a breaststroker um, growing yeah. up? Yeah, he was always a breaststroker. Yeah, you're just uh, born like that, huh? You're born you're born with some weird gene that makes you a breaststroker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was always really fast in breaststroke, uh, and I went back uh, in the documents actually to see. Uh, in 96, he was uh, 11 years old. Uh, and he went 139 in 100 breaststroke. Wow. And 2000, in four years, he did 107. Wow. And in 2007, he did, did 58.8. <laughs> and 2011, 57.05. So wow. he was always a breaststroker. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. And then what about you? What, what were you growing up? I was a freestyler. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I've been to the worlds and Europeans and stuff and had finals and semifinals. And yeah, I did 22 three uh, on the 50 freestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was really. I went really sick actually uh, before uh, Beijing uh, in the Europeans in, in Eindhoven, mm. in Peter's uh, Stadium. And um, I was so sick, I, uh, yeah, really, really sick. So mm. I went to the pre camp uh, and Olympics with Alex mm. as a friend and coach and whatever you, you are. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was not able to start swimming again whenever I oh. started. Training, uh, the body did respond not the way I wanted it. So um, yeah, but was, uh, this, it, um, was this illness from some sort of training, um, you know, uh, incident where, where were you overtraining, or was it from something completely different? Yeah, I was. Of the two of us, I was the guy who was training. Went to a new training when the training was over. And uh, that has always been my problem because I really wanted to be the best swimmer and I did everything uh, to get there. And uh, it was too much. Uh, the lungs, uh, both of the lungs uh, said uh, enough is enough. And uh, after I ended off in 2008, uh, it spread to my brain. Mm. So I was pretty ill uh, for a long time. Um, but, uh, you see, we are a team. Most of all, we were a team and, uh,
we were lucky to be two brothers training every day together, travel all around the world, uh, living together, um, share everything. And uh, one of us succeeded really big. And that is, I'm so proud. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, people often ask and say, uh, the toughest thing in life is to honor uh, a friend to succeed mm. and have a success. Mm. And I must say, uh, when we were traveling, and uh, I think we were crying when we succeeded in, like, in me freestyling, him breaststroke, and uh, it was, yeah, amazing time really amazing time is there any correlation at all with your brother's death and the fact that it was an olympic year in the lead up to an olympics where he was at a training camp and and he was pushing obviously when you're at a training camp you're pushing he's at altitude um is, is there any relationship between the level of work he was doing and the fact that that he passed away or was this just a freak incident no, uh, it has nothing to do with uh, all the training. Um, the accident, uh, it was illness uh, from he was 15 years old. Mm. They are uh, calculating. It started to deform his heart. Mm. And uh, we have this issue in the family. Uh, my, uh, my grandpa had the same uh, uh, yeah, on both sides actually. Wow! So uh, they both they all died really young. Uh, my grandfather's and uh, me and Alex was the only two in the family who didn't take this test mm -hmm. for the heart diseases because we were athletes training twenty five hours a week, fifty two weeks a year. It was not a problem. So uh, he had two heart attacks before he died actually what, uh, what do you mean before he died like how, how long before uh, half a year before uh, in training camp uh, oh. so you guys knew you guys knew about this then no we didn't know oh. oh. so they, they couldn't find it out so it's a disease we have in the family uh, and um, it's really yeah have you been screened now have, have they yeah. looked at your heart yeah, mine is totally fine. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and he won the world championships with 65% uh, of a heart, of the heart. Wow. Yeah. So that was the year before in um, Shanghai? Yeah, 2011. So he was wow. a machine, really machine. And uh, never complained. And uh, he was doing what he was, he was supposed to do. So. Um, it was a terrible accident, but it didn't have anything to do with traveling to the to Flagstaff or it was something we have in the family. So, um, but of course, if you were a normal person, not an athlete, mm -hmm. I bet they would check you, they would check, the, check your heart if there was right. anything, but yeah. Right. When you, when you say that, um, you know, he, he kind of, didn't see any signs or anything was there anything that in the lead up to this i mean when you when you're competing in 65 percent of your heart is working properly like there must be something that that tells you kind of some indication is is was there anything 
yeah he had uh, uh, there was uh, pain in the shoulders and neck and chest for um, for quite a long time mm. uh, uh, and the doctors tried to they, they screamed in screamed in a lot and he also went to the Mayo Clinic in the, in the States mm. check it out but it, they couldn't they didn't check the right thing. Right. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, a terrible accident, uh, and far too young. That's for sure. So, when they screen you now, when they go in and they look at you, how do they determine that you don't have this genetic disease? What, what do they look at? Uh, they take uh, they're screening the heart and all the veins uh, and blood tests, and uh, so they look totally fine. Uh, but we all we need to check the kids, of course, when they grow up and mm. to see how they are uh, compared to this disease. Um, right. But um, how do you uh, protect from this? How, how would how would they have? If, let's say they had a, you know, he goes in, he's got chest pains. They figure out, oh, let's screen the heart. They look at the right area. What do they do next? Uh, the kids, you mean? Yeah, or, I mean, let's let's say they detect something in in your brother's heart. You know, what what could have they have done if if they, they hadn't have, detected uh, it? Yeah, uh, they could have uh, medicine, uh, mm. stents. Um, he, he he couldn't be an athlete like a world class athlete anymore. Uh, but that doesn't matter in the in the in the picture at all. Mm. And and the same is it for a normal human being. Uh, if they get this disease, they you can live a long, long, fine life uh, with with it. So, um, yeah. But right. you know, you know how you push the body and and the practices and the competitions and that's all in your head. And you all think about is the next competition, yeah. The next start, the next term, mm. and uh, so you don't like ah my shoulder or my neck or it's not. It, in front of you right right yeah look and look the reason part of the part of the reason why i'm having this conversation with you as well is, is because i think it's relevant right now yeah. is that look we're in an olympic year and every single one of the and i actually had this conversation crazy enough i had this conversation with the the cal swim team i was i was, I was with the california swim team at altitude um last week and I had this conversation with them. I said, look, everybody wants it this year. Everybody's going to push harder than they've ever pushed. Everybody's going to work to the maximum effort. That's not really what's um, going to be at question, this this preparation. You know, we're not going to question your effort. You're going to give more effort than you've ever given because everybody wants to be an Olympic champion this year. What I'm going to question is how are you recovering? How are you looking after yourself? How are you... Uh, um, doing the things that are necessary in order to come back and, and work harder the next time. But you've got to look after yourself. You've got to be smart with yourself. And again, this is nothing that, that Alex could have done at the time, but, but I know that every athlete is pushing hard. So maybe if you're, if you're getting signs like a tight chest or what have you, then it, it may be a situation where it's best to go and get it looked at. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, after Alex passed away, we got a lot of phones and a lot of, histories of other athletes that have yeah. the same 
uh, pains, the same. Mm. Um, yeah, and and uh, they go into the doctor, and the doctors do the tests, the right tests this time. Mm. Right. And so we have learned about it, mm. uh, but it was a way too big accident that happened. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Uh, yeah. us, the doctors and um, the sports community, I learned about it. And yeah. uh, now they're traveling with the doctors, they have the physiotherapists with them. And I think uh, when you're an athlete and you have problems and you go to the doctor uh, or to the, the medic team, yeah. They say things are in control. It's not that. It's not dangerous. Uh, you can do what you normally do. Uh, you trust them. Mm. And right. uh, that's why I think it's important to have doctors and medic team with the teams that is operational. Not like a desk doctor, but uh, mm. have doctors and medic team that is used to sick people to take yeah. uh, uh, on if the Cal Berkeley or mm. the swim team. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I saw the Cal Berkeley team pushing harder than I've seen most athletes train. They were doing three a days. They're in the pool a couple of times a day. They're, they're in the gym and every workout, they were pushing their body to the extreme and, and they didn't have a doctor with them, you know, who was there 24-7. And, and you're talking about you know, 40, 45 athletes who are in their prime and they're pushing harder than they've ever pushed. It would make sense. I mean, I'm sure there was a doctor on call, but it would it'd be it'd be sensible to have somebody there with that many athletes pushing that hard, wouldn't it? Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised they didn't have, actually. If you see the... If you go to a stadium for American football, I bet mm. they have two, five, ten doctors in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's Olympic year, but that does that shouldn't matter either. Mm. Uh, if you are world class athletes, mm -hmm. you have a world class medic team around you uh, because uh, you are the modern fighter. Mm. Uh, that's mm. And yeah, uh, well said. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Listen, um, I, I just remember too, you know, your brother coming onto the scene and all, almost um, shocking the world in a little way. Like, oh, who's this Who's this new guy? Who's this young guy? Who's this? I mean, it was just kind of like, wow. And, and the, the momentum that was building, he wins the world championship, he wins a European championship. And the momentum is building into London after he has success in Beijing. He finished second there. So it's like, it was almost like he, it was his time. Like it almost felt like London was his time. This is the guy that's going to be the new, the new guy on top, and then and it was just snuffed away and 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 very shocking for everybody. I mean, I just remember I didn't know him, but I was devastated. You know, I was just like, how could this happen? If this could happen to him, it could happen to anybody. But but then I felt really guilty because I didn't really know him at the time. You know, so it's like, tell tell me about your brother. Tell me tell me more that we we don't know about your brother. He was. Uh... He was a fantastic person, that's for sure. Mm. And he loved everybody around him. And uh, if you take the, the, the sports uh, field, 
like the professional Alex in the sports, he loved and gave all the honor to not only the coaches in front, but the technicians, the, all the team, the 25 people in the team. And uh, private, he loved the family. And uh, I remember we got my oldest girl, Tuva, she's a swimmer. And uh, he, uh, he said the biggest uh, moment in his life was when Tuva was born. Uh, and that was kind of person he was, uh, had a lot of friends um always uh yeah fantastic uh brother and uh family member and uncle and friend and uh yeah and he was in training um like when i was visiting you or we were going to to japan uh, training there or uh, other places. When we come back, we always teach the others what mm. we would teach it, mm. and uh, showed everything to everybody, um, and was always asking, "What can we do better? How can we?" take 100, 200s in the terms, in the start, uh, analysis. All oh, right, right. So he was, uh, that's the reason all, all of the people loved him um, because he was so generous and a nice person. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he's definitely, had had an impact on on the swimming community for sure like i said i didn't know him but i was i was just devastated for so long i had this pain just like oh my god like i, I couldn't believe that he was gone and and uh, and his competitors um showed him some love in that respect too didn't they yeah they did and uh sure you remember the world championships in in rome when mm -hmm. all the records was broken with the mm -hmm. suits and he went on the block with a small arena brief uh, wow. just to demonstrate that uh, we need to do something. Uh, so he, sat, he put his own uh, medals and chances away for the sport. Mm. Um, so um, he, was, uh, he was that guy that did what he was supposed to do every day and also um, gave a lot back uh, to those other swimmers, but also the team. Yeah. Mm. And now uh, I know that you've um, started foundation and you're honoring mm. his legacy as well in terms of um, some of the things that you guys were, were planning to do together. I know that you've got this TED talk that, that is titled, We Had a Dream. So what is that about and what does it mean exactly? Uh, we were we were lucky. We grew up in the West Coast here, West Coast of Bergen. Uh, England is nearer than Oslo. And uh, uh, we were lucky to 
get a national team and compete for Norway. And I think the prouder, proudest moment in their life was when they gave us the the national swim cap and, and the, the mm. team dress and tickets for the first training cap and the first championship. And uh, we were lucky to travel all around the world and uh, see and meet fantastic athletes and people. And uh, we also saw the, the backside um, when we went, uh, went outside the uh, nice hotels and, and stadiums. Mm. Uh, and Alex was a uh, photograph. Uh, he took a master in photography mm. and he brought always the camera. Mm. So we saw a lot uh, abroad and, and in Norway, of course. So we talked about how can we, how can we change and help young boys and girls to find their dreams and go for the dreams and see all the talents you have in life. Mm. So we talked about that and we started before uh, in 2011, designing a website and so on. And we were supposed to, to launch it after London in 2012. Mm. And um, when Alex passed away, um, the general secretary in Norwegian Swimming Federation, Bjorn, uh, and me, we started uh, the foundation uh, in Alex's name. And since we've done what we're supposed to do, uh, we started like in the really, really easy things like the Norwegian uh fauna the the glaciers went skiing there and mm. we took like easy skiing trips across the northwest passage in in canada 700 kilometers there uh, and i brought uh, kids age 11 to 15 wow. and some swimmers and uh, did like that expeditions and now we do have six centers in Norway and three academies and wow. uh, thousand by thousand of young boys and girls visiting us a year. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice legacy for Alex. And um, it's a nice thing to do for all the people that don't have the opportunities that we had. Mm athletes and travel around the world tired of settling for less than the best with your team's dryland program swimstrong dryland is the answer you've been looking for with world-class dryland programming for every age group customized to fit your team's needs nutritional coaching and education centered on the latest evidence-based research leadership training and character development to promote an athlete-driven culture sports psychology education and mental skills training coaches corners to promote collaboration data-driven performance analysis and an unrivaled family of athletes coaches and teams Fast swimming starts here. Former swimmers looking for a way to give back to the sport in New York City, reach out to Imagine Swimming. Since 2002, they've been the premier learn to swim school with international and American staff, including Olympic champions Anthony Irvin and Eric Vent. Imagine Swimming offers infant to adult classes, plus competitive team options, water polo, 
and an artistic swimming club coached by an Olympic silver medalist. With flagship locations across Manhattan and Brooklyn, Imagine is always looking for the next generation of swimmers to pass on their knowledge and passion for swimming. So now I'm sitting in the first center we have, uh, the Dalian Center number one. We're sitting in mm. now. The ocean is 10 meters that way. Wow. And um, yeah. Uh, so we do have the center. Like we have visitors in the weekends, in all mm. the vacations. We do like diving, climbing, sea kayaking, hiking, uh, basic survival um, activities. Mm. And we also have the academy, uh, a nine-month program. They're staying in the centers we have. They're living there for nine months. Wow. And we're saying we don't give grades. We're building characters. And that's what we do. We teach them to believe in themselves. We teach them to find their dreams. Um and we succeed with that. It's amazing. Well, it sounds like a sounds like a, a, a life experience where you're teaching them skills for life. How does how does this coincide with with the normal school that they would normally take? Uh, it's a totally different thing because in, in the normal school do you give it you you're giving grades mm. in every column you have. And at the academy, ours academy, they're staying for a year and we're doing a lot of different stuff through the year to make them ready to for the rest of the life mm. so uh, during the year they're having a lot of courses like diving boating uh, survival all kind of different courses and they also we make rockets going up we making ROVs drones for the bottom of the ocean. Um, we sailing sailboats around in Norway. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You see, you're, you're you're sailing, you're diving, you're climbing mountains, you're building rockets. How do I get into this school, man? What do I got to do? <laughs> Just apply, man. <laughs> Just apply. <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> so that's it's the, a, that's the type of school that I could have done well at. I, I, I yeah. failed the other school. I could have done well at this school. That, this, that's right. And, uh, Actually, yesterday and today, I had uh, some of the kids at the academy. They joined the, the swim practice after they finished for the day. So uh, it's amazing experience, and I must say, uh, when they're starting in August here, after the summer, they we're standing them up, the classes, and telling who we are, the history, and everything. And they are the hoodie over the, your head, mm. just looking down on your feet, mm. and really, really, how is this going to be? Right. And I'm telling them only one sentence that uh, I want this to be your best year in your life. Mm. That's our goal. Yeah. And um, at the end of the year, in the summer, uh, we have the graduation. Um, it's a lot of tears, it's a lot of happiness, and mm. we, we meet them during the years and years when they finish here, and you see how well they're doing, they're having education, they do have 
work, uh, some of them have got families. It's uh, it's really it's give you a good feeling for doing something good for other people. That's for yeah. sure. Mm. Is it boys and girls? Yeah, boys and girls, age yeah. fifteen to nineteen. Wow. Yeah. And then how do they how do they take a year off school? I mean, is it just kind of a, a gap year or something? Yeah. So in Norway, uh, actually. This year, we do have some students coming uh, from different countries in Europe. Oh. Uh, and um, you can take a year off either from high school or university. And uh, they use it here. And oh. I must say, the boys and girls who go to the academy is part of the people that are not motivated or haven't found the motivation or they need a year to do something else to find themselves to mm. find their inner motivation to find their talents and mm. we try them try to find their talents with them and we try to make them believe in the talents mm. and wow. uh, so we're building characters building really really nice boys and girls who eventually is going to be in school or in work and can manage themselves and we do the same in the national team where uh, i work in the national team also in the federation and as coach there and uh, we do the same there uh, in the training camps or during the year work yeah. with who you are and mm. what's your talents beside being an athlete? Yeah. What's your dream beside winning the Olympics? Um, to to have good athletes that yeah. say hello and good morning in the morning, and says thanks for the practice. Uh, have a good day. That's easy stuff. Yeah. But also, who are you deep inside? And that's important. That that's for us as coaches. That's important uh, to build a really good person, not just the Olympic champion, but a good, decent person. Man, it sounds like we need these centers all over the world, not just Norway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Jeez. come to US next year. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Uh, how do you fund this? How, how did you even start this dream to, to get it funded? Yeah, it's it's tough, of course. Uh, we apply uh, different companies and we do have some sponsors. Mm. Uh, that pays for the academy and the uh, experiences they're having. Uh, but it's a work, that's for sure. It's a big, yeah. big work, job to all these meetings and um, to try to get the money in. Because it's mm. not, you know, we are building rockets and we do sailing and diving and mm. hiking and expeditions. It's not cheap uh no, no. So we need we need some some income so it's a it's a big job but when you see when you see that i i suppose it's the same with athletes as a coach when you see the results and mm. they're succeeding right. you forget totally the work you did yeah you enjoyed the travel you enjoyed what you did every day and that's the same way we do it here. Uh, I love when the athletes, our athletes succeed. 
and a lot of the young students go off the, the experience in the academies and all the work it's just yeah. something you have to no. do okay how many kids are in the academy each year and then how many how many people have, do you have working at the academy uh in the, in the in the foundation we do we had around 130,000 students wow. uh, in total total yeah. and uh, uh, that's in total with what we do in the weekends and the holidays and so on mm. so mm. there is classes everywhere but like i say when i'm having speech and talks it's every single boy and girl deserve your attention mm. and uh, then it's maybe wrong to count all the people but you must lay enough effort to see everybody in the eyes and get to know them that's yeah. uh, that's the most important thing and uh, like in athletes, some of them will be the world champions and Olympic champions, and some of them will be the rest of the team. But it's the team that's the most important. Yeah. And you would never have an Olympic champion without the team either. So right. you need to. It's a. It's a good cooperation and. A, that's the way we do it building characters building good people make them believe in themselves and some of them is going to be rocket scientists and some of the athletes going going to be world class athletes and some of them is going to be and all of them is going to be fantastic people mm. i've got some twin girls who are 15 who uh, need need some of this experience man i might be applying yeah. for my twin girls in the future <laughs> Yes, send them over. Not a problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> they they, mm -hmm. they could kill this. I mean, they would love this. I mean, I don't know if they'd love it initially. They'd probably be the girls with the, the hood over the head initially, but then at the end, they would be the ones celebrating. So, yeah, that sounds incredible, man. Well, wow, congratulations on all that. That's uh, that's phenomenal to have a concept like that with your brother, and then you know this have this tragedy, and then to to see this thing uh kind of progress and fulfill its dream uh that's phenomenal 140,000 kids that you've um had an impact on in this in this time that's really remarkable my friend yeah and uh the trip the the 12 years has gone so fast mm. and and you know the this the olympic cyclists four years four years yep. it goes yep. so fast and we have the same here uh you're starting a year in August with the new kids, and then in June, July, they're finished. But where did the year go off? Yeah. And uh, but it's like you're saying, uh, it's preparation, it's hard work, and it's all about doing the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What uh, about uh, let's let's go to this real quick. Um, what about uh, where where are we with Norway swimming right now um, in terms of this Olympic year? Uh, how how are things looking in the in the country? Now it's looking. Uh, we do have three or four athletes going to the Olympics. Um, not much, but it's that 
we have at this moment moment um covid had done something of course the long years without swimming for many athletes yeah but what we see what i really like to see and i get motivating over is the young swimmers we do have now we did all have a lot of medals in the youth olympic games last year uh medals in the uh you know europeans mm. so it's growing really good uh especially in this, in in 50 100 or 200 uh, segment yeah. uh, and uh so uh now it's world championships in a right. <laughs> not in weeks right uh and maybe do have some in finals there a couple of in finals maybe a free uh 50 freestyler uh he's doing uh, a really good job and also Henry Christiansen, of course uh on the 800 and 1500 mm. uh, he's been in the in in the heats for a few five years four years now after yeah. the last olympics um but it's really happening something uh in the younger age the junior age and that's uh that's good for the future uh yeah. and, but the big pro uh not a problem but what we see is it's difficult to keep them in in swimming for a long time and in history in norway like alex and alex and sara um where the medals in the worlds and olympics were mid-20s last last 20s right and uh then we need to keep them in swimming five six seven years longer mm. in average before they quit yeah so uh they're probably the same issues everywhere but um of course we are small nations we do have three thousand swimmers that's what we have mm. uh, so we need to take good care of every swimmer yeah. see them and uh, try to coach them and and uh, motivate them every um yeah. well and, and norway is big it's long so yeah yeah, I haven't spent too much time in Norway. I've been through it, but I haven't haven't spent much time there. So if there's ever a chance that I could come out there, do some coaches education, maybe work yeah. with some of the swimmers in the federation, or uh, maybe even do something with uh, you know your foundation, uh, please let me know. I'd love to get out there and, and spend some time and and do some things. Yeah, Brett, you're more than welcome. Uh, and I didn't tell about our conferences. We do have one conference a year in the foundation uh we do have like uh nobel peace prize winners uh scientists astronauts we do have come together and have motivational talks for the stadium and this mm. year uh i booked a football stadium uh mm. 12000 seats wow. and uh, a podium in the middle of the field mm and uh we are collecting student uh students uh young boys and girls age uh age 11 to 20 to just getting motivated and the people coming in the speakers coming in and just have 25 minutes yeah to go to give them give them 
big big dreams yeah uh, all of them so that's also something we do uh, yeah. sign the me year. up sign me up i want to okay. come to that i sign you up brett you're more than <laughs> welcome in september <laughs> perfect uh, that's a perfect time after the olympics come over to norway yeah fantastic yeah. i'd love that then we have a deal yeah deal. okay <laughs> well i appreciate it my friend listen uh uh yeah congratulations to you for everything and and uh and everything you're doing for your brother and um, his memory, his foundation, and uh, it's, it's exceptional. And uh, like I said, your brother had a big impact on a lot of people. And so it's it's one of those things where I, I wanted to really, um, you know, continue his his memory, his legacy, uh, and, and learn from him a little bit and um, just continue to honor him. So, yeah, congratulations on everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Brett, and thank you so much for having me in your uh, in your podcasts uh yeah. i've seen every podcast in the start and it's oh, really wow. new at me every week so uh <laughs> so fun to be here and good to see you again and yeah. keep uh, up the really good work you're doing thanks robin i appreciate it and uh you too all right we'll catch up soon we will do it brett bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.